Hello, everybody. Um, it's, uh, it's great to be here today to uh, share this message. It's uh, definitely something that God's uh, been doing for a year. Uh, you know, I've seen more fruit in my life in the last year than 20 years as a Christian. And um, I'm just really excited to be up here to share this. You know, um, uh, David Halcom talked about how we're living in, in uh, some pretty crazy times. Uh, at, the, at the same time, I think for the church, this is the greatest time to live in. Um, I, I, I'm, I truly feel deep down in my spirit that that revival is coming. And uh, I think we've been kind of corporately as a body looking at it a little bit wrong. I think we've been waiting for something to come down from heaven and a lightning bolt to strike us, and then, then the revival will start. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the body of Christ is the womb that births out Christ's realities. And so what, what is really, what, what the, when revival is going to come is when the sons and daughters of God wake up to who we really are. We're not striving to become sons and daughters of God. It's, it's who we are. It doesn't matter what we think. It's, it, it, that's, that's the reality. And so I, I believe that this, in this last moment, that the, 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 if you, if you kind of look at some of the messages that have been going across the universal body, it's all the same thing. Uh, um, the, the Norwegian, there's a Norwegian guy, uh, Leif Hetland, and, um, you know, Todd White and Dan Moeller, and they're all talking on this message of sonship. Uh, and so what, what's, we, he, uh, Leif, he, he explained that there's all of these what he called churches, but he didn't call them churches. He said they're orphanages. And there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that ha- are really struggling with, with uh, orphan spirit. And they're, they're not really mirroring, mirroring their sonship uh, from above with God. And uh, that's, that's when revival is going to come. It's, 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 it, the Bible talks about the unveiling, the revealing, not the when we get there. No, it's already there. But when is it going to be revealed? When is the, the, uh, the cloak going to be peeled back and we actually start manifesting who we are and start birthing this revival out into the world and spilling over everybody? So it's going to start in the church first, and uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, the first thing that needs to happen, though, is really dealing with this, this orphan spirit, and it's something that I've really struggled with myself, which I'd like to share a little bit about today. Um, so can we pull up Romans 8.15? I'm going to use a lot of translations today. I, I personally love using all different types of translations. I'll pull up one verse and then, uh, you know... Uh, check it in several different translations, and just, uh, so bear with me if you have one translation, there's, uh, I'm going to use a lot of different ones. I've really come to like the Passion Translation, which is where uh, we got this first one here. So Romans 8.15, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. So we're really going to be uh, talking a lot about that word beloved. It's something that's become, uh, God's really revealed something to me through this specific word, as I'll get to throughout the message. So, you know, to just share a little bit about myself, you know, there's the scripture that says, who the son sets free is free indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And like I mentioned, I've been a, uh, a believer for close to 20 years now, and uh, I could not really say these things for quite a long time. Uh, I w- I, of course, I did say them. I'd quote them and, you know, uh, 
use them in, in my vocabulary, but I really was not free. Uh, I struggled with uh, a, a lot of different things uh, within, within my walk with God. I really had a uh, skewed view of God. Uh, I, I didn't really see him as a father. I saw him more as like a slave master that I had to try to uh, do something. I had to try to like uh, uh, fight for his affection and, and strive for it. And, you know, the, one of the things that I really struggled with was having this separation, you know, that like uh, God was somewhere off, aloof, kind of unconcerned. I mean, Jesus was pretty cool because, you know, he was the nice one, but behind him there's this, this God that's demanding and, and uh, he needs justice and he wanted to, you know, he, wanted to, he, he was so angry at me and, and all of the human race that he had to take out his full anger on his son and I just really had this kind of separate, separation view of God. And, uh, you know, uh, when you have separation, you have religion with that. Uh, you know, religion is something that we have to do in order to get right with God. To, I mean, to simply define it. And that goes for all different religious belief systems. Something that we have to do in order to get right with our creator. And that's taken many different forms in a lot of religions. But, you know, you can, you can never find God through religion. Jesus came to the most, uh, the most religi- religious culture of his day. The, the, the biggest hardcore religion is he said, none of you know God. He said, Only, no one knows God except the Son. And so you can never perceive God through this, this striving, as I, as I really came to find out. Uh, you know, religion, it strives off of distance, delay, and unfinished business. And when you, when you have this mentality, there's this constant works-based mentality that you got to fight for his affection and, and all of that. And, you know, this is something that I really struggled with for a long time. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the way that this kind of orphan spirit can creep in, it's not like you have to have this, this horrible home life, which can definitely be the case. You don't always have to be under, you can, I mean, you can be under teachers who are teaching truth, and you're, you're still not perceiving it. It's, it. It can really just creep in very su- uh, subtly. Uh, one of the verses, Galatians 5, 9, it says, don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? And I found out for myself that this is, this is how th- that happened to me. Uh, you know, it, it, it started off very small. It was just some things that I, I was dealing with as a, as a young believer. And, you know, some of the things that I carried over from my home life, I, I come from a broken family. Uh, my parents, you know, divorced when I was in ninth grade, and I dealt with, you know, I, my father left the house, and I, I, I dealt with a lot of trauma with that uh, growing up, but, you know, I became a believer when I was 20, and so uh, the fir- that, that was kind of the first uh, experience, I guess you could say, that the, this kind of orphan way of thinking started uh, uh, creeping into my life, and when I stepped over uh, as, a, into, uh, as, a, as a believer, I, I started having this view of God that, you know, if, if I'm doing good, Everything's okay. As long as I'm, doing, I'm following the, 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 the word of God, I'm, my behavior's okay. I, I, you know, if I didn't sin per se, you know, I, had, I keep short accounts. You know, immediately after, I'm so sin conscious, looking within, oh, is my heart okay? I mean, you know, constantly this kind of frenetic behavior with the Father, which, you know, it, it, was, it was exhausting. And I did, it, I did that for about two years. And, you know, I, I mentioned this in my testimony before that sometimes God's, moves despite our theology, not because of it. And so he still was moving powerfully in my life. I, I married my beautiful wife, who's been so supportive uh, through this whole thing. And 
Uh, he blessed me with a wonderful family, uh, a good career. And it's so many things that he's worked in my life, but it, was, it was, certainly wasn't because of what I believed. Uh, what I believed back then, because I really didn't view him uh, the, uh, like a father. And so, um, and so, uh, so, so uh, one of the things too, so anyways, I, I, about two years into my walk, I really, like God cannot bless when you're under law. You know, it's, it's kind of, you look at the two different laws. When the law came from Sinai, uh, immediately 2,000 people were killed. You know, um, they, they were breaking the first commandment. I mean, he comes down with the commandments. They're breaking the first one. That's what law does. You know, it, it brings out sin. That's what it always supposed to do. It was always the schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. And uh, so uh, the church that I went to, which was the second thing, kind of had a very mixed message. You know, it was uh, mixing the two covenants and you know, sometimes one day you would hear about grace, and then the next minute, uh, you know, we're talking about these old scripture law, and uh, well, when you do this, you're blessed, but if you do this, this, and this, then you're cursed. And so it was a kind of mixing of the two covenants, and I really was oppressed. I was, I wasn't free at all. And and you know, I'm 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 from New York, so I, I speak my mind, and you know, I. You know, sometimes I, I would say to, like, people in the church, I'm like, I, I don't find salvation in these scriptures like this. I, I don't know where you guys are seeing it uh, with, with this, this way that's being taught. I just, I don't see it. You know, I, I, uh, a lot of people focus on the Sermon on the Mount, and they'd be like, man, that's, what a great couple of chapters. I'm like, I hate these chapters. This, this cuts me to the core. If I, if I got to be perfect, even as he is, he is perfect, if I can't, you know, lust after somebody, I, and all of these things that I thought I had to measure up to, and uh, really not r- rightly dividing the word of truth, uh, was was a, a pretty uh, uh, awful experience, you know. And so I, I, I came down to uh, Virginia, and after about uh, I don't know, maybe about five years of my walk, but I was already really struggling uh, with just a lot of things. I was constantly angry. Uh, I, I just always felt this distance from God. I got to the point where you know. Uh, the, the, the way that, you know, Jesus said, we always focus on the leaven of Herod, you know, the leaven of the worldliness. Well, don't do this, all this stuff that the world does, because that's all bad. But we don't always talk about the, uh, the leaven of the Pharisees. You know, Jesus said, be, be, beware of two leavens, the leaven of Herod and the leaven of the Pharisees. And the way these, these two leavens work is they, they work in almost like a circle around the bread of life. And they never quite intersect with the bread of life. They just keep on going around. For example, you know, you, you're under the, the leaven of, of religion, and you make all these laws in your life. Well, I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to read three chapters, uh, sometimes add one, uh, one of the Old Testament one if I'm trying to read it all through in a year. And, uh, you know, you, you, you do that. And, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying there's anything bad with these things. I'm saying the motivation for doing them. Uh, is, is, I mean, I, 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 believe me, the, the lovers will always outwork the workers. And, you know, that's what, what I, I found out, that the more I worked, the less of it I did. <clears throat> so I would make all of these laws in my life full. I'm going to read this many times a day, maybe fast a little bit. And if, 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 if forget it, if I sin, man, you're not eating for a couple of days. It wasn't that bad. But, you know, <laughs> there's, there's definitely a little bit of religion, a <laughs> little bit. So, uh, so that the way that works is, you know, you set up, you set yourself in the the leaven of religion, and you 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 fall short because that's what the law was always intended to do, and so you start falling short, and then you recommit. Well, now now I'm really gonna you know start seeking after God, and 
you know, I'm going to start really trying to uh, uh, not do all of these things. And so you make more law fall again. And then eventually you just say, you know what, I can't do this. And you, you go past the bread of life and you swing back around to forget it. The leaven of Herod, I mean, I can't do this. I'm just going to be who I am. And I'm just going to do all this stuff and, you know, for a little bit of time. And then you're like, okay, I, I'm going to recommit myself. And you, you get what I'm saying? These, these leavens just go around in a circle. And, and G- Jesus said, beware of both of those. But he said, I am the bread of life. And he's the one. I mean, Christ is the message. You know, that it, it's a person, okay? And uh, so anyways, this was just something that I really struggled with in my walk uh, for quite a long time, you know. And it, Jesus, uh, Jesus didn't come teaching a new religion. He came to end religion. Okay, he, he came, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was crossing through Christ to envelop us into his family, which we're going to be getting to later. We, we, so, we look at this thing so much on us a lot, and which there is a response, but the gospel creates a response. You know, it comes, faith comes by hearing that by the word of Christ. And when the word is taught aright, faith builds up. And it was always intended not to demand faith from people, but to supply it. And, when it, and, and so, uh, so basically, you know, I had all of these struggles uh, with, with this separation and trying to pull God down and, and like, kind of compartmentalizing, uh, if I need some patience, God, can you send down some patience? If I need some wisdom, send down some wisdom. If I need a little bit of sanctification, I need some of that. Uh, it says, uh, God, or... or of God, we are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and sanctification and righteousness and perfection. It's all wrapped up in this person that we have been enveloped into and that we are one with, okay? So they, the, the uh, Holy Spirit doesn't come in portion. He comes in person. And so if there's this separation, we're always trying to, like, pull stuff down from God, and, and it leads to this religious gymnastics that we constantly do. Instead of living out of our union, and we do more of that stuff than we ever did trying to pull it down from heaven religiously. So, uh, we go to the next thing. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> so, uh, guy, so I, I, you know, one of the things, and I mentioned this in my testimony, you know, like, the, the, I, I experienced this a lot myself and with, with the, the orphan heart that I had. And I'm going to just go through some of the things. There's, there's, I mean, I, I have a chart right here. There's probably about 20 things. And when I first saw this thing, I'm like, over on this side, I guess it's your left. Uh, I said, I'm every single one of these things when I saw this. You know, and on the right, uh, it's like all the sonship stuff. And I'm like, I don't know anything about any of that stuff. And it, it, it's, it's really sad. And, you know, I had a dream yesterday. I, I forgot to mention this. Pastor Doug, like he said, we've been talking about this for about a month and giving me an opportunity to go and share this message. I had a dream yesterday. Uh, and this is one of those things, again, that, like, I, I didn't, as, as an orphan, I didn't have many dreams for years. And since I've really been stepping into my sonship, it's just, again, it's just effortless, this natural overflow of God just downloading stuff and communicating and and uh, we'll, get, we'll touch, touch a little bit on that later, but I've been having a lot of dreams uh, that are very prophetic in nature, some meaningful in others, uh, pa- people's past, people's futures, people's, uh, it's just been crazy. So I had a dream yesterday, and um, 
uh, Pastor Doug was, you know, there was, there was a, uh, some people from the church, and, you know, sometimes uh, uh, Andrea Willis is doing a lot of this dream interpretation. Sometimes there's things that symbolize things. It's not just all, you know, to be taken at face value, but uh, Pastor Doug was getting ready for me to come up and share the message, and, um, you know, there I, I saw some people in the church there. My wife was there, and then I saw... Uh, uh, my, my brother, who people who I, I felt represent people who have passed on. Uh, my brother died a couple of years ago, and then uh, people. Uh, some of my friends walked in who who are back from New York, who I don't really uh, communicate anymore, but they're they're not believers. And as Pastor Doug was uh, getting prepared for me to come up, I, I I just felt like this heaviness, and I just I just I was like sobbing in my dream. I, I just crying and I fell on my face and I was just crying and and I'm like, why is it? Why am I doing this? Is this heaviness? This burden? What's going on? And uh, and God just said they don't know the Father, you know. And it, and it just it, it's it's sad, you know, because I, I, I know that I, I know what that feels like, and you know, you, I know what it feels like for people to come up here and share their testimonies and how this great thing happened to them and they've been financially blessed. And, uh, you know, they've gotten to go on this mission trip and they led this person to the Lord. I know what that feels like to sit in the back and say, that will never happen to me. And it, it, it's, it's a tragic place to be in. It is. And I, and, and if, I know there's people in here struggling with this today. I feel you. I, I, I know what that's like. And we're, we're going to dismantle this thing today. In Jesus' name. So, you know, some of, just, uh, I, I, I one time experienced this, but even as I've talked with brothers and sisters who have, who deal with this spirit, it, you know, it's, you, you hear something, or something is spoke, and you hear something totally different. You hear, like, a little part of it, but it, it, the, for the most part, it just, it's like a, it's like a judo move. It just, like, twists into something that they really didn't say. You know, like, uh, for example, uh, Somebody's going to, uh, I don't know, they, they, they got blessed with uh, finances. God gave me a word that all of you are going to be blessed or whatever. You know, and I would just hear, that won't happen to you. That's, you know, just this, this constant uh, stronghold of just of, uh, orphan thinking. And that's like, you know, I, I mentioned the Jack Frost before. He, he covers like a 12-step decline, which I don't necessarily think it has to be. There's, it's, it can be a little bit formulaic at times in that, in that book, but... You know, uh, the last three things that he mentions is, uh, let's see, he mentions uh, having, uh, dealing with an orphan heart on a daily basis. He, he talks about uh, seeking out counterfeit affections. Uh, and he talks about, lastly, it just being a stronghold. And for me, the last thing, it was, it, it was a stronghold. Uh, it, like, it, it came to that everything that started filter through my mind was through that orphan spirit. And I, I, you know, it, 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 I just could not, I could not hear truth at all. I just could not, I couldn't even see it, you know, and something would happen. My, my wife would be experiencing something. I said, I don't want to hear it. You know, I, I, she, I feel bad for her. She probably couldn't, had, she was having all these wonderful experiences. She couldn't share them with me, you know, because I was, I was uh, really dealing with that, you know, and that's the thing that this, uh, the, it's the devil who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he starts impacting your relationships because what the orphan heart gets you to do is to turn into yourself and it's all about self-preservation and, and striving and so that's all you can see you can't see any destiny whatsoever all you can see is right in front of your face when's this next thing going to happen that i need because i got to fight for it after all it's not going to come from god i got to do what i need to do to get it and 
I, I couldn't see beyond that. And, and so when people would speak, it, it was like a big cloud. It just would not penetrate it. It would just go right over. And uh, so, you know, some of the things, for example, your theology. Uh, this is just a couple of topics. I'm only going to cover a couple of these. Uh, live by the, or instead, or instead of living by the law of love, live by the love of the law. Okay? Because that's, that's what you, as an orphan, they feel like they got to strive for that. You got you to make sure you're good enough. You got to make sure you're following the law. And it's all about you and introspection and, you know, looking uh, within you. Now, like, I, I just want to share a verse one time that if, I've, I've received from a lot of different people over the years. But, you know, one of the things that really, uh, you know, Jesus was always quoting a lot of stuff about, uh, about, you know, when they asked him, what must I do to be saved? And sometimes he said, you must be born from above. Sometimes he says, uh, you, got, you know what the law says, and he quotes the law, love the Lord your uh, God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So, you know, again, he was the schoolmaster. He was, you know, a lot of people uh, sometimes look at Jesus as, as being like a grace teacher. He, he, he taught the, uh, the law, uh, all right? He taught uh, the law uh, leading people to himself. He is grace. He, was, he, he wasn't a grace teacher. He was grace himself. He was full of grace and truth, you know? And so uh, he was trying to bring people to an end of their self. Some of these people, uh, these religionists of the day, would say, okay, well, uh, what, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus would quote the law. And that scripture, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, man, and strength, whatever. That, I used to go back and forth with that one because sometimes I'd feel like, man, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm happy today. I'm excited. You know, things are going pretty good. I feel like I, I'm fulfilling the law. I'm, I'm fulf- and then, then come the next day and I feel this orphan heart. I'm like, man. Where, where do I stand now, you know? And, you know, it says in the New Testament, because a lot of the Gospels are still Old Testament. That's why when he talks about John, he says, this is the greatest prophet ever, but he's least in the kingdom of heaven because John was on the other side of the cross. So when we, uh, when we step into the New Covenant with the death of the testator, which is at the end of the Gospels, he says, herein is the love of God, not that we loved him, but that he loved us and gave himself for us. We love him because he, he first loved us, you know, and it's all about just receiving from him and, and drinking from, from, uh, from the wine room. It says that, you know, that we, we just drink in his love, and then it's just a natural overflow, but we'll get to that later. Okay, so motive for purity. You must be holy to have God's favor, thus increasing a sense of shame and guilt, okay? Uh, source of comfort. Counterfeit affections, you seek it through uh, addictions, compulsions, escapism, busyness, hyper-religious activity. It doesn't have to be blatantly sinful. You know, a lot of counterfeit affections that I used to do were just simple, like, religious exercises, you know, just trying to win God's approval. Your peer relationships, jealousy, rivalry, uh, competition towards other, okay? Uh, The the sense of God's presence, this is another big one that, because I don't always... I, 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 I tend to not feel a whole lot uh, when, you know, I'm, when, I'm in, when I try to uh, uh, dwell in God's presence. And, and you know, I, I receive in a different way as I've come to find out. But it used to be it's all conditional and distant. Uh, you know, so if I didn't feel it, well, uh-oh, what's going on? What am I doing? Uh, your future, you fight for what you can get, okay? You're always fighting for what you can get. All right, uh, so that's just a lot of the, uh, to just briefly share a lot of the experience that, that I had with this, uh, okay? So if we could go to uh, Matthew, and this is going to start at 3, 16 through 17. 
So the whole point being is that you can be a son and daughter of God, and that's your identity. That's absolutely who you are, but you're living under a false father. You're, you're, you're living, uh, viewing God not as he really is in, in dealing with this orphan thinking, which I did for 18 years. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to see where we are. Okay. Yes, so it says, when uh, he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Remember that word beloved, it's going to become important in a a second. So we continue on. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God. He dropped something there, didn't he? Uh, he dropped beloved, and that's, that's, that's a very important distinction that we will, we're going to see in a, uh, a little bit uh, the way the Apostle Paul addressed it. Uh, so he, he drops beloved, and he questions his identity. He does, the devil doesn't do anything new. It's, it's, it's the same thing over and over and over again, uh, introspection, uh, your own righteousness. Uh, it's anti-Christ. Again, it's religion. It's, it, it can be religion. It doesn't have to be blatant, sinful uh, worldliness, which that can be it too. We see a lot of that, but we see a lot of the, in the church, this constant attack on identity, if you are the son of God. So, so Jesus comes back at him with scripture. Now, I, 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 if we can go to, yeah, okay. So this I, 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 I really find amazing. So he, he, he quotes the scripture, okay? So now again, you know, you know the, the, the Pharisees, they, they knew scripture left and right, and they probably had the whole law memorized, and they missed the Son of God when he was there, right in front of his face, right? The, the, the very presence of God, the, the express radiance of his glory. Uh, you know, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and they, and they couldn't see him, as all the scripture that they knew. So we go on, and uh, then the devil took him. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so he says, then the devil took him into the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, again, questioning his identity, throw yourself down, for it is written. And then now he starts quoting scripture. And I think that uh, this is something that I really struggled with for a lot of my life. I, I probably, I don't know, I had close to a half of the New Testament memorized. It was one of the religious exercises that I did. Uh, which now it's a God's really used it because I can kind of just start pulling stuff out. But back then I knew all of Romans 6 and had no idea what being crucified with Christ meant. Uh, I knew all of Romans 8 and I didn't know what life in the spirit meant. Uh, so, it didn't, so the whole point being that if you're not rightly dividing the word of truth, it, it, that stuff can really probably mess you up more than a lot of other stuff and, and keep you under this constant kind of oppression. So he goes on and then eventually he, he, he offers him power. Uh, which is a counterfeit affection, okay? So the, the, the whole point being that if you see this temptation with uh, the Son of God, he's pretty much going to do it the same way with us in uh, attacking our identity. And, uh, you know, something that, I, like with the scriptures, and I was talking with Pastor Doug about this the other day, you know, when, when Jesus rose from the dead, and he was on the, 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 there, there's the two guys on the road to Emmaus. And they're, they're conversing with each other, and Jesus rolls up. They have no idea who it is, but they're just talking with this dude. And um, so he's, he's, he's revealing things to them, you know, and he's opening up, and he's teaching them from the, the uh, Genesis on, the law of Moses on, and he's revealing all these things to them. 
And so, you know, later on, they end up sitting down, and they still don't know he's there, but he breaks bread. And he, all of a sudden, they see him, and they know who it is, and they recognize him. And the two guys say to each other, this is one of my favorite things. They said, oh, man, th- th- didn't our hearts burn when he revealed to us the scriptures? Did, I mean, when he was, when he, no, I'm sorry, when he revealed himself in the scriptures. And he said, didn't our hearts burn? And that's, again, that when, when, we're, when we're reading the word of God aright, that's what it creates. It creates this response, this yes uh, within us when, uh, when, when we hear it. And, you know, it's, it's good for reproof and correction and all that. I, I'm, I, I'm not saying that, but it, it's, not, it's not good for condemnation. Uh, you know, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. End of story. Okay? Uh, and so, you know, when, when, when we're, we're feeling this condemning feeling, uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit uh, says, you know, it's going to convict the world of three things. Sorry, sometimes I just start rattling stuff off. But he says, he goes through three different things that the Holy Spirit is going to do. He's like, uh, it's going to come uh, of judgment. Because they don't believe in the Son of God. That's not us. Or, I mean, you know. And then he says, of righteousness, because I go to the Father and you see me no more. And so now that he's with the Father, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is always pointing us to our righteousness. This is who you are. You're sons and daughters of God. This is who you are. Peter, Simon, means read. That's what Simon means, or read, blowing with every which way, you know, one second he's receiving revelations from God, then he's receiving from, from the devil the next second. Uh, you know, he he's, cuts off the servant's ear, and then he's like, soon after, he's getting, uh, like, he's denying himself in front of little girls, denying the Lord. You know, not, I'm not sexist or anything, but it, like, oh, there's a couple of little girls, and he's, he's denying that he knows, I don't know who Jesus is. So he's, he, was, he was wishy-washy, you know, he's a read, and Jesus is just like, no, you're Peter, you're a rock. You're a rock, you're a rock, you're a rock, you're a rock. And he just keeps on building this new foundation. You know, when, after Peter, uh, Rifle taught this before, it was an amazing message. After uh, Peter had denied Christ three times around that fire, uh, when Jesus was resurrected, he took Peter right back to the uh, fire. And they're, they're sitting there and they're, they're hanging out. And he says, Peter, do you love me? Oh, yes, Lord, I love you. Okay, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Okay, one more time. Peter, do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. Uh, you're going to believe me. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go through something, all right? And you're, you're, I know you love me. You don't know that you love me. You still have that memory of denying the Christ, and he's building a new foundation. And, and that's, that's the way these things work. We, have, we can have good strongholds too, you know? And so we have these strongholds of orphan thinking, this kind of uh, uh, oppression in our minds uh, of, uh, you know, this, this kind of uh, orphan way of thinking. You can't just say, stop thinking like an orphan, and then it just goes away. You have to build a new foundation of truth over it. And so that, that's, that's what we're doing today. I mean, we're, we're going to start in a second. We're going to get to this. We're going to start building a new foundation. And, uh, you know, Todd White, when he first uh, was a Christian, he was, he was using a lot still. You know, he came out of drug addiction, and uh, he was, he was uh, doing that a lot. And, uh, Dan Moeller kept on speaking sonship over him. This is not who you are. You're a son. And Todd White would be beating himself up, and he'd be in church and say, I'm a dirtbag. I, I used again. I, I'm not a, I don't even know if I'm a son. I, you know. Dan Moeller just kept on building this new foundation. None, you're, that's not who you are. This is who you are. You're a son. Okay? He built a new foundation until Todd White said, you know what? I don't even believe him. Or, or I don't even believe, I don't believe what he's saying, but I know he believes what he's saying. 
And so he's, all of a sudden, he started realizing that, man, this guy really believes this. This guy really, this, he's, I, this is who I am. And then, you know, the rest is history with him so far and probably a, a much more wonderful history as he continues to do what he does. Pretty amazing. So, uh, so let's see here. Okay, uh, so the, one of the things, if we could go to Ephesians 1, 3 through 12. Okay, so this, this is something that, ha- this, this portion of scripture has really changed my life in, 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 in accepting this whole sonship. Because sometimes we look at this like, like we're on our own. Again, that, that whole word I talked about a couple weeks ago, adoption. We come from a different family. And, uh, you know, we're not really in the family, so we have to try to behave right in order to fit into his family. Because, you know, he's, he's all about holiness and all that. And so, uh, basically, what he, uh, what he ends up doing is... Uh, let's see. Okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and read uh, and then explain that later. So it says, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Uh, and I, I'm going to get to those other scriptures in a second. If we go down, where is it? Yes, right there. Good. I'm glad it ended there. It says, To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Okay, so we see that word that was dropped by, by the enemy before. Uh, he said, if you be the son of God, he dropped beloved. We're only accepted. We, we're, we have a dependent sonship. Okay, we've always looked at it that it's, it's, it's just us, that we got to fix this thing. Our, our sonship is dependent on the obedience of Christ in his sonship. His response to God, his perfect walk, his per- he said, uh, no, no one knows the Father except the Son, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Jesus was the only one who could know God. And the, know, the knower became the known, right? The, the knower who knew God and had this father-son relationship, the only begotten of the Son of God, uh, that we, and we've been grafted into this. We've been made accepted in the Beloved. So what Christ did, that same declaration that was over him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, we've been grafted into that because of what he did. Now, trust me, when you start getting this, when you start realizing that you're accepted in the beloved because of what he did and not what you do, you'll start doing who, and being who you are, okay? A son, a daughter, and you'll start being, and, and that's, that's effortless. We're human beings. We're not human, human doers. You know, we just, we just have to be, but that takes a whole change of mind to realize who we are. So when, you know, when I, when I started realizing this and I started looking at this scripture, and I'm just going to read a little bit and pull out some things here. This, this changed the way I saw God. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We have everything we need. It's just discovering it. In the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. He made us accepted in the beloved. So if we go a little bit further, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Do you see what I'm saying here? This, is, well, this was always God's plan. We, 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 were, we were in Christ before we were in Adam. Jesus came to show us who we really are. 
that, that, we've, that we, he, we were chosen in him before the foundations of the earth. This isn't a solitary God that just sits in the sky, unconcerned with your life, unconcerned with what you're going through. He was, he, it's, a, it's God in relation, the Trinity. They, they explain this love in the Trinity uh, in a Greek word, parachoresis. It's like an other-giving love. And, there, and, and when, whenever the, the love bed of the Trinity is together in this other-giving love, creation happens. In the church, it comes out. And all of these magnificent things. Uh, but th- this, th- God is a God of relationship. And he never wanted to be without us. He, always, he planned. He knew what was, you know, this, uh, he's the Alpha and Omega. He always knew uh, what was going to happen with Adam. And he, and he made plans for it. He said, there's going to come a time where I'm, I'm going to envelop all of, all of humanity, all, everybody into this relationship, into this other giving love uh, 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 trinity that we have and we're going to be one and we're going to be pouring into each other and and focusing on each other and it, it, this was something that he had always planned from the very beginning and this this scripture just it, it, you know this was his will i think uh, my point being i think we we often like focus put so much pressure on ourselves to try to attain this when it's something that he wanted all along and he made happen and that we can just say we just step into it we just say yes our, our, our relationship with God is a dependent one. Even though we've heard so much about we have to have our personal relationship with God. Well, that's dealing, you know, you can't, you can't know God through somebody else. But uh, you, you can only know God through Jesus. And so that's, that's what, what he's done for us. He's enveloped us into that relationship. Okay? So uh, if we go to quickly to James 1, 18 in the Amplified, this is... Uh, one of my favorite ones. Okay, so just to kind of reiterate, it was his own will that he gave us birth as his children by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first, first fruits of his creatures, a prime example of what he created to be set apart to himself, sanctified, made holy for his divine purposes. Oh, wow. You're right. I wouldn't be able to get through everything. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> uh, okay, this is good. Okay, so anyways, uh, you know, if, if, we, if we could just quickly go to uh, Ephesians 2.5 real quick, and, uh, and I'll start with this. It says, uh, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Even when we were dead and doomed in our sins. Man, this is, this, this, this is the good news. This is, you know, we, we, just have, we just have to say yes. How about that? Okay, so we, we keep on, and, and again, this, this is the building this new foundation that's, that we're enveloped into the work of Christ, uh, into what he did, and we just, we, just, we just be out of that. Okay, so... Uh, if we would go to John 14, 18 through 20. So uh, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. You know, what, I, what I'm really coming to understand that God's really shown to me is when he said it is finished, 
he actually meant it. It is finished, he said. And I, I think we said, we've kind of mi- minimized what that, that statement at the cross that, okay, it is finished. But yeah, but we still got to do all of this. And, it, it, and please hear me what I'm saying. When, when we know it is finished, we'll do more than we ever uh, are going to do with a religious orphan spirit. We'll, 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 the lovers will always outwork the workers, and there'll be a lot more fruit. Like I mentioned, uh, 18 years of striving to try to know God, religious gymnastics. In one year, I've, I've gotten a lot more revelation than I ever could have got through all of that. So, and it's, and it's from a place of intimacy, you know. Um, so what I've really realized is that this is a, a belief system of discovery. When he said it was finished, he meant it. And that's why, you know, he said Christ is the mystery. And I don't know all mysteries, but I do have fellowship with the mystery. And we just, we just kind of live in this, this relationship with him. And he starts showing you another piece of him, and your spirit lifts up. Oh, wow, I thought that was, no, 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 Jesus already took, ooh, and you, this response. No, oh, oh, I thought I had to do this, this, and this. No, the Jesus, the, the, another part of Christ, the, the mystery that gets revealed. And, and that's why the, the kingdom that starts off like a mustard seed, it just grows from glory to glory to glory to glory because you keep on seeing that he really meant what he said, it was finished. And he, uh, un, it's, like, it's like you're opening all your presents. Wow, Christ did this, and he did that, and he did that, and he did that. Oh, this is... this. And, and this is just, th- th- there's a natural response that just comes out of that. Uh, so if we could uh, go to, okay, let's see. How about, uh, yes, Romans eight nineteen. Okay, this is one of the best. <laughs> I love the way this is worded. I, I really like this translation a lot. Uh, so it says the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see, again, the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. It doesn't say that it's waiting for us to become that. It's saying that that's, this is who we really are, but we don't know it yet. And so all of creation is, I mean, you know, you look at Adam in the garden, and, you know, uh, Adam in the garden of pleasure, by the way, uh, and we, we were created for pleasure, you know? Unfortunately, you know, when we, when we have a lot of pain, we try to turn that into pleasure with counterfeit affections, you know? But we were created for pleasure. So all, a lot of the, the, the desires that we have and the longings that we have were put there by God, and it's the, it's the enemy that kind of twists them into something that's below us. And God is constantly trying to lift us to another level of who we really are, and we can only experience freedom in that. I, n- I, never, I never saw that before. I never saw when he said uh, uh, that if, if, if you want to find your life, you got to lose it. This is an upside-down kingdom, you know? To find your life, you got to lose it. And I never saw freedom in putting myself under all of these Christian restrictions. I never found any freedom there. And that was self-imposed, uh, a lot of it. But uh, I never realized that, that he's constantly, like, just lifting me into this higher plane of existence, and, uh, and making me realize who I am, and I just, I feel this freedom that I never did before. So, uh, what, so we look at this, and it says, I, or, uh, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. And so, uh, that's kind of what I, what I started off with today, is, you know, we, we've, we've been talking about this church uh, for revival for a while, and, and 
I, I believe that we're going to be the front runners of this thing. I really do. I believe that we're going to pioneer this thing. And I, I believe that uh, uh, deep down for, you know, for about a, a year now that I've been walking in this, it's, it's, it, it, the, the, the way is being plowed for the message of the gospel. It's been recovered. It took so many different recoveries where they left a little bit a lot out with Martin Luther, and we got a little bit recovered here, and then we got the Word of Faith, and then we got the, uh, the Pentecostal with the Azusa Street Revival. It's been in segments, but the real gospel is about to go out. And God's paving the way and dealing with the orphan spirit so people are in a place to receive it. And when we start manifesting who we are as sons and daughters of God, when we start manifesting that, we're going to start birthing Christ. The, the church is the womb, the, the bride. And we're going to be the ones birthing the revival movement, the, the Christ realities. But, it, but heaven's in us. It's not, it's not above us. It's within us. And it's going to come out of that place of being within us. So, uh, you know, God started us on this journey, uh, my wife and I, and we, we've, we've, God's put us in, in uh, fellowship with a lot of amazing people, and this, this church is an amazing place. You know, it's an amazing place. So we, we, we've uh, been to some other uh, places, and, and, you know, this place feels like home. You know, and, and there's just amazing brothers and sisters in here. We, there's amazing destiny on all of your lives. Uh, and, 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 you know, we, we've, we've really come uh, in fellowship with a lot of people who have been impacted by, the, by, by uh, dismantling this orphan thinking, building a new foundation, and stepping into sonship. We've seen amazing breakthrough, not only in our lives, but in other people's lives. And we're going to hear a... a, a, a a profound, amazing testimony right now with my good friend, Nick Gorman. All right. Uh, so I don't know how I'm going to follow that, man. That's a lot of meat. I hope y'all brought your bibs. Um, but no, uh, all I'm going to do is just... Uh, share my story, and uh, just kind of share with you guys where I was not so long ago and why I was there, and then the breakthrough that I got because of this revealing of this, the, the orphan spirit and, you know, you know, how it manifests and what it becomes, what it does. Uh, but um, so not too long ago, I was in uh, a very, 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 very bad place. And uh, when I say bad, I mean, uh, I feel like you probably couldn't get too much worse. Like, um, fear was crippling, um, detachment. Uh, I got to a place basically where it was so bad that I actually could not feel anything. Like, I had no emotions. I felt no emotion, and it got to a point where this was going on, it, it was going on for, for years. Um, it just gradually was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And um, now, mind you, go back, uh, I've been saved for five years now, and this was, this oppression um, was going on for about, I'd say, three to four years. Um, so I'm going to try and stay on, on track here. On top, because, like, it's like a whole, so much going on. It's like I'm, I'm doing my best to, like, just, you know, stay on track. Because as you can see, I didn't write anything 
like Brett, because reason being is because I find myself, uh, I can be vulnerable and I can share my heart when I'm just speaking and letting Holy Spirit just do his thing, because I don't want to try and, you know, um, be scripted, basically. So anyways, so yeah, so I was at a place of just did not have any emotion, no emotion, um, and joy became foreign to me. Forgot what it was, forgot what it felt like. It was that bad. And uh, I got to a place of I started to really become familiar with hate, uh, hate, like serious hate. Um, and reason being is because when I was a child, um, I had a very traumatic childhood. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, I was sexually abused by my stepdad, um, physically, physically abused by him, sexually abused and physically abused by babysitter. Uh, I was abandoned more than once by my mom, um, in and out of the projects of Chicago. She just introduced me and, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, took me to places people shouldn't go. Um, you know, went through stuff and saw stuff, you know, that people shouldn't go through or see. Um, so, long story short, you know, five years ago, uh, I was led to God. I had a really radical, crazy encounter with Jesus. I wasn't looking for him. Um, it's scriptural how he talks about, uh, you know, um, like how you'll find him if you're, you're not even looking for him. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what the scripture is, but I know it's there. Uh, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, so anyways, so yeah, I got saved. I had an amazing radical encounter with Jesus. Like, I mean, I felt his love and peace and joy and everything for the first time. Vision changed everything. It was great. Another story for another time. But um, so, you know, as I was walking out, you know, just my faith and everything, um, I don't know what happened, but now I do, is what happened to me as a child, it produced a, uh, an, an orphan seed um, because of what happened to me, you know, what I went through, um, you know, uh, so I didn't want to trust, kept people at arm's, arm's length, I wouldn't let anybody in, never trusted a soul um, for good, you know, I guess you can have a good excuse for that, but um, but yeah, so I didn't trust anybody, I kept everybody at arm's length, never let anybody in, um, always wore masks, you know, I've been basically like acting my entire life because I never wanted, I always just allowed people to see what I wanted them to see, um, always wore masks, you know, um, but anyways, so since I was then saved, uh, and now had a relationship with God and knew who he was and everything, God wasn't allowing me to continue to live that way, and I didn't know how to not live that way. So um, then, uh, you know, it just got so bad, you know, I, I didn't know how to deal with it, because everything that happened to me as a kid, I just pushed deep down, didn't look at it, just was like, all right, well, I made it, uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and leave that in the past, and I'm just going to carry on, but uh, unfortunately, it did produce that orphan spirit of, you know, having an orphan heart, having an orphan mindset, thinking like an orphan. And so even though I was saved, um, I still thought like an orphan. I still had an orphan's heart, and that needed to be dealt with. And uh, so all these things that I pushed back and suppressed from everything I went through as a kid was coming to the surface, didn't know how to deal with it. So 
I got into using drugs. I mean, I was abusing drugs all the time, abusing alcohol. Uh, I was definitely a womanizer as well. Just basically anything like Brett was saying, counterfeit stuff, to try and fill that void, try and numb myself, but I didn't want to feel anything. Um, but unfortunately, now all this stuff was coming up, uh, I wasn't feeling anything when I wasn't on drugs or abusing alcohol or something. And so it just progressively was just getting worse and worse and worse until it got to a point where it was so bad um, that I just didn't know what to do. Um, you know, I, I uh, went to a psychiatrist, you know, and I was able to release everything, spoke about everything, uncovered everything, undug, like dug everything up, shared it, um, you know, just basically opened the wound, flushed all the garbage out so it could be cleansed and healed. And so that's where I was, but I still felt this, um, like I was still seeing God through the wrong lens. I wasn't seeing him as a loving father. I was seeing him as I saw my stepdad through fear, through a lens of fear. Uh, felt like walking on eggshells everywhere I went because God's always watching. Like, so I had that orphan mentality, uh, that orphan lens of seeing God through that. Um, so it got to a point where it was so bad. Uh, I remember my wife, Jen, and we've only been married since April, so, but um, the reason why I'm saying that is because it got so bad, it got to a point where Jen actually said one morning, uh, you know, we might need to spend some time apart, be separated for a little bit so we can figure out, and I was just like, no, I don't want that, like, that's, that, that's, that sucks. <laughs> like, um, so, basically, I was at my wit's end. Um, I felt like I didn't know what else to do. Like, I was still in this, just, there was, I'm so glad you used the word cloud, Brett, because the best way to describe what I was going through, it felt like a dark, heavy cloud was just sitting on my mind and over my eyes, and it felt like I could not see. It felt like I was encased in this invisible barrier where I couldn't reach people, I couldn't see people, I couldn't feel what was going on around me, and it just felt like super, super heavy oppression of of, uh, of fear, anxiety, depression, you know, I wanted to die, like, it was that bad, like, uh, you know, I wasn't suicidal to a point where I was attempting to take my life, but I wanted to die, like, there were times where I was on the road, and it would be raining, and I would think, if this, you know, if I lose traction, slip, and crash, I would not have a problem with that, like, it was, it was that bad, so, anyways, get back on track, um, Jen said that that morning, and I said, all right, you know, I'm done with this. There's nothing else I can do. Uh, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't want to live this life anymore. I don't want to think this way. I don't want to, you know. So push came to shove. I texted Doug. I texted Brett and was like, look, I'm getting my breakthrough. I'm done with this. Like, so I basically barricaded myself in, the ho in my house. Um, uh, and Brett, I sat down with Brett like a day or two before this, and he shared the, um, the book by Jack Frost, From Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. And so that day, I was like, I'm getting my breakthrough. I'm just, I'm fasting. I'm just barricading myself in, in my house. I'm spending time with God until I get my breakthrough. I'm, I'm not taking no for an answer, basically. Like, I felt like I was, uh, who, who was it that, uh, that wrestled the angel and was like, give me my blessing, Jacob. That's how I felt. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it. Uh, so, so yeah, that's how I felt. And so I was reading that book and as I read that book, it felt like I was just looking in a mirror, like everything he was talking about, the way I thought, the way I felt, um, you know, I just felt like I was looking in a mirror and just as that was happening, I could feel Holy Spirit telling me like, okay, it's time to just really open your heart to God and let his love in and just 
basically make this exchange, like give me this orphan heart that you've been holding on to and I'll give you a son's heart. And I made that choice and said yes. And when I did that, my, like that invisible force field, that cloud of heavy oppression of fear and everything lifted and was gone immediately. And I actually, my physical vision actually changed. Like I could feel my eyes actually tingling and like I could, like the colors and everything were like super vivid and it was just wild. And I actually remember like just like I actually, uh, if you could imagine what it would feel like to rub icy hot on your heart, that's what my heart actually felt like, like physically, like I it just felt crazy. And I could just, I, and then I started seeing him differently. Uh, I actually was able to see him as the loving father. And he was, and ever since then, like Brett was talking about, like I have gotten so much revelation and so much just, just intimacy with God now, like ever, and so much more just like, just fruit, like than ever, like, you know, the first four years of being a Christian compared to this last, I don't know how many months since this, uh, so, yeah, and then even my eyes, like, even, even the way I perceived things, it was just a completely new lens. The oppression, fear, anxiety, depression, all that crap that came with this whole orphan heart, orphan thinking stuff was gone. And ever since then, it's, it's become a lot more simpler because all I got to do is just, just be a son. And I don't have to try because I am. And, you know, it's just so, uh, so yeah, that's... Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we were talking about uh, an altar call. So I'm gonna let this guy do that. Yeah, guys. So, um, you know, the Bible says God is love, not God loves. He is love. Uh, so, you know, that's his very nature. Everything that he does is a hot extension of that love. Okay. So, uh, if, if if he only just if he if he did only love as an action, he could also hate. He could also do all these other things. But he is love. So uh, what I'd like to do is, um, you know, just, uh, we've been hearing a lot about uh, 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 repentance, you know, and uh, metanoia. And we, I love this church, the way we talk about repentance, because, you know, metanoia, uh, it, it, it's like, it's got the word uh, noia, which comes from nous, to know, to co-know with God, to go to the high place, repent, go to the penthouse, and see things the way God sees us. And when we see things the way God sees us, it's going to start changing the way we carry out in our, in our behavior. So I'd like to uh, call people up and let's, let's uh, go, to, go to the high place and, and see ourselves the way God sees us as sons and daughters. And, and you know, if, if, if anyone needs to uh, prayer about this, this, this maybe an orphan way of thinking or, um, you know, that, so just anything, anything that you, you, you need. I just want to uh, invite people to, to the front and just really uh, pour out the love of God, you know, and just, and just receive it. That's all it is. It's, it's, just, it's just receiving it. Amen. So let's stand up. If that's you, if what Brett and Nick has been sharing this morning, if that resonates in your heart and you say, man, it's got to be a change today, beginning of a change today, just come on up front right, right, right now. I believe there's probably many people. Man, you just really, you grabbed hold of what Brett was sharing this morning. And this, I know that he left on that page probably about three or four other more messages, more than likely. All right, anybody else? Father, I just thank you right now in Jesus' name, Lord. Right now, Lord. It's you that draws hearts. 
Holy Spirit, it's not us. We can't do it. It's you, Lord God, that touches a man's heart, touches a woman's heart. And you say, come on. Come on. Climb up in my lap right now. Understand my love. Come on. I've been waiting for you. Been wanting to meet with you. You've been so busy, as Brett was saying, trying to do. Just be. Be in me. That's your heart. You know? You don't have to get out from your seat, but sometimes it seems like when we you take that step, it really resonates in the heart. Thank you, Lord. Brett? So I'm just going to, uh, you know, if we could call up the, uh, the prayer team. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to do uh, uh, overall prayer over everybody, and then we'll just uh, do some ministering to each person who's coming up. Guys, you're, you're, you're just so precious, you know. Uh, the, 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 this is, this is a, a dependent relationship on the work of Christ. It, said, uh, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. We're clothed with this. We're clothed with what he did. So I just pray. I just pray, you know. There, 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 there's things that maybe you've, you, you have done or that you haven't done or, you know, the, the whole idea of this, it says, as we behold him, as we behold him, as in a mirror, we're transformed into his very image. So my, 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 my whole prayer for y'all is to just really get, your, get your, your eyes off of yourself. You know, the introspection of uh, this, this, is what I, this is what I've done, so this is who I am. Quit identifying yourself with maybe things you've done. Or, or, you know, that's what we do so often. We, we, we identify ourselves, uh, I mean, as something that we are. I, I'm here to tell you, you're a new creation. And that is not, that's sourced in what he did. The fact that you're a new creation is sourced in the finished work of the cross. And, uh, and you've been accepted in the beloved. You're, you're, you're not adopted from another family. The word adopted uh, means, oh, I, I said this a few weeks ago. I don't, really, I don't know what the Greek word is, but it, it, it's akin to that you are being recognized publicly, like in a bar mitzvah, that, that you have officially in front of everybody received your inheritance uh, and, and uh, you've received recognition from your father. This is who you are. And my, my, my prayer is that you would live out of inheritance, not strive for your inheritance. You know, the, the one son, he, he, had, he had his inheritance all along. The, 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 the son who was outside laboring in the field, he had the inheritance the entire time, and he never accessed it. He just stayed outside. He stayed outside the party, and, and he refused to come in. You all have taken this step forward. You're, you're stepping into the party, a, a, a place called It Is Finished, a, a, a table that has been set for you. And this is how we fight our battles, at his table. You know, we, 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 gotta, we gotta feast, a feast, feasting off of him, feasting off of his love, his affirmation. He, before you were in the womb, he knew who you were. He knew you from time immemorial. Okay, we were in him before the foundations of the earth. That same declaration that created the heavens and the earth 
let there be light, let there be this, let there be this. He's saying, you are my beloved sons and daughters of whom I am well pleased. So God, I just thank you for all my brothers and sisters that stepped out in faith, that, that stepped in, that, that wanted that, and that's all you wanted is a yes. You already made everything possible. All, everything possible you've done through your son, you've, you've reconciled the entire cosmos to yourself. And my brothers and sisters have stepped forward saying yes, yes to sonship, yes to being a, a daughter, daughtership, is that a word? Yes, we say, we say yes. This is who we are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for clothing us in your perfect work. Thank you that you've become to us. You have become to us righteousness and sanctification and perfection and justification. This is all, all of this stuff is not separate stuff. It's a person. It's you. And you've closed us in that. You've brought us into oneness uh, with you. In that day, we would realize that you are in the Father and we are in you and therefore we are in him and we're in the love bed of the Trinity in the sweet spot of the throne room. Seated with him at the right hand of God, co-ascended with him. Lord, we just, we just stand at the, or we sit, we sit, we don't even stand, we sit in his lap at the right hand of God, resting in your love. Lord, we receive your love. Your word says that herein is the love of God, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. It's not about our love for him, it's about his love for us. And when we receive his love for us, we will love him perfectly as the law required. But we have to receive it. That's all we have to do is receive it. It's about his love for us. Oh God, thank you. He is walking in this room. 